You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 23 of the Amen Corner. He's Stephen Cook. And he's Brad Rothschild. What's going What's up, on? Brad? You're far away. I am far away. I'm tired. I it's, feel empty. It's late at night for me. I feel empty without you here. <laughs> and like, what's with my camera? Yeah, my camera, camera won't go on on our podcasting platform. You that can't means see I can't me. see you, but you can't can see, see my me. fat hotel room with my great view. Yeah, I'll just have to take your word for it that you're not, you know, sitting in a Motel 6 in the middle of the desert. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting not. In your, sitting in your underwear with like empty beer cans all over the place. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not. I'll take your I'm word in, for it, man. I've got a good view in Dubai. I had a better view in Abu Dhabi, though. Life <sighs> so, is really hard. I was on the 50th floor in Abu Dhabi. Here I'm on like the third floor, but it's I'm still sorry. a nice view. Anyway, yeah, so I'm yeah. a little bit more than halfway through this odyssey, and uh, it's been cool. It, the unfortunate thing is, is that um, uh, I overlapped with uh, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad in Dubai. <laughs> I didn't see him, but didn't see him? the press reporting was that he was here, which is fucked up. Like, who's next, Vladimir Putin? Uh, you never know. I'm sure there are plenty of uh, underworld types and hush-hush people who float around the Emirates on the regular. Uh, un- undoubtedly. No undoubtedly. doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Was, uh, was, was uh, Asma uh, with him? She was not pictured. In, I don't know. She may have been, but she was not pictured in any of the okay. reporting on it. So. I wonder how their marriage is going now that he has become a mass murderer. Well, but she's an enabler of it. I mean, she's. I like, know, but that's what I'm asking. Like, you like, know, you think she feels like more attracted to him, less attracted to him? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think, think of like she, a, a movie reference here. I mean, is she, is she like Sharon Stone and Casino? Oh my God. <laughs> I was just about to share. Is she Sharon Stone and and, Joe, and is he Joe Pesci? We Holy share the same shit. brain. Yeah, that's. I was exactly going to say that. Yeah, well, that's because we share the same brain. Because um, I mean, when she first met him, wasn't he just a dentist or a dental student? Uh, op- living in London, ophthalmologist. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I stand corrected. But wasn't he just an ophthalmologist, not yes. a genocidal dictator? Exactly. <laughs> and then his um his I mean, he bro. was the son of a genocidal dictator, right? His his brother, his older brother, was supposed to be the genocidal dictator, and he was supposed to be the right. mild-mannered ophthalmologist in London. Exactly. So the brother was a genocidal dictator in training. In, in training, exactly. And then he died in like a single car accident, right? right. The story, the official story yeah. is, is that yeah, there's he was, always an official he was going story. to Switzerland for a ski trip, and he was driving uh-huh. too fast on the airport road. Right. I mean, maybe... Yeah, but anyway, his brother Basil looked just like George Michael. Like, had he had had he lived and become the Syrian president, 
I never would have been able to take anything seriously about the whole thing because I just would have been thinking about like wham videos the whole time. He would have been genocidal George Michael. <laughs> exactly. But but meanwhile, um figure. But but Bashir al Assad, he's got like a turkey neck. He's got like no neck, right? He's or got no a turkey chin. neck. He's got a list. No chin. I mean, yeah, he's, he's like a mess. He was this not guy. the playboy that his brother Basil was. No, definitely not. So he was the mild mannered doctor, genocidal who, ophthalmologist, yeah. who was going to live out his life in relative obscurity in London, right? And then greatness was thrust upon him. Exactly. I mean, should we really call it greatness, or <laughs> I mean? Whatever it was, it was thrust Whatever it was, him. it was thrust upon him. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then a few short years la- uh, later, he, um, he fulfilled uh, his, his father, destiny. As a his brother died in 94. His father <laughs> yeah, died father in 2000. Died. He became the president yeah. upon his father's death. And then yeah. 11 years later, he began his reign of death. Yeah. And which is still ongoing. 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 So, so, but you didn't hang out with him this week. Which I is, did not. I guess, I didn't. which is good for you. It's definitely good for He's me. bad for your brand, I think. I mean, I guess I could have live tweeted it. I would have picked up a few followers, but I don't yeah, know if it's I worth would, it, I mean, right? I, I would have retweeted that shit. I would have retweeted <laughs> the shit out of that. I mean, you know, for five or ten extra Twitter followers. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd sure, I meet a genocidal devil. dictator for that. Man. Yeah, my self worth. I mean, it's not going to be uh, my self worth is not going to. You know, I, I'm not going to feel. Let's put this. I'm not going to feel good about myself until I push myself over fifty thousand followers. And I'm guessing, had I met with Assad while he was here in Dubai and I was here in Dubai, that might happen. Wow. Yeah, but I'm I resisted. Disappointed. Yeah. Did you resist or did it just not happen? It just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank God. Come person. on now. Come on now. Dude, meanwhile, Dubai is so crazy. In what way? Nothing. It's just like overbuilt. The, the traffic it's is It's Las Vegas. It's like on, it's on steroids, man. It's not yeah. even. I mean, it was yeah. fun. I went out last night and I went out tonight. Tonight, I just met a friend. We had dinner last night. I went out. I had met a friend in. Her, her significant other and we hung out and stuff like that. But I was in a t- completely different part of town. And when I walked out, like <laughs> valets were overseeing cars that I'm guessing ranged anywhere from 250000 to $500,000. Man. I've it, never seen like, so many Lamborghinis in my life. That shit's crazy. Crazy. Like there are just so many there, you know, with all of the, the wealth, the concentration of wealth in so, so few hands these days. There are people who just have obscene amounts of money. Obscene. And, you know, it, it feels like the new Middle East that we were promised 30 years ago is actually, we have a new Middle East, but it's not what we thought it would be. It's well, these, these, you know, these city-states that are fabulously rich right. are now, you know, dictating terms of of the agenda well we'll see i mean how long that we'll see how long that right. lasts well, right i now, mean as the I mean, energy transition be, if it gets yes. underway will certainly diminish their importance but yeah. i mean dubai is like it looks like it physically looks like the city of the clouds from empire strikes back like that's the yeah. only thing i think about it it's like what happens when you have when you you tell an architect you have no budget constraints. Do whatever it is yeah. that you want to do. Right, right exactly. So you can so let it's your just, imagination it's, run wild. It's massive excess. And the whole yeah. city 
is run on the backs of these legions of immigrant workers. Slaves. Right. Slaves, basically. You know, I, I told, I'm here with my students from Kellogg, and I told them that particularly in Dubai, a little bit less so, but that they're very unlikely to actually come across an actual Emirati. Right. And that right. the people that they'll mostly be interacting with are people from, you know, Morocco, Egypt, Palestinians, but also Bangladeshis, Pakistanis, yeah. Indians, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. Like, you know, people in the hotel who are doing the work in the hotel. The ones who actually work as right. opposed to the citizens who just collect money <laughs> and, right. and cars, apparently. Lots but of you, but cars. You know what they say, but you know what they say, what happens in Dubai stays in Dubai. Yeah, there's nothing happened to me that's like <laughs> worth having to say that. Yeah. To be honest with you. But I can imagine like there's a lot of craziness going on. And the city's really crowded right now. I just had friends. I had just had friends. I just had dinner with a friend who lives here, works for a big multinational corporation, very senior. And he said, and I kept texting him from the Uber when I was meeting him. I'm like, oh, dude, sorry. Like it's just taking a really long time. And when I sat down, he's like, there's been an influx of Russians in the last three weeks. Interesting. So yeah. all of the, the rich Russians are fleeing um, the country? There's some of that, but then there's some of like big companies that are moving their Russian employees. Interesting. Here. Offshoring um, them. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's, 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 it, it's an issue, right? Like their employees didn't necessarily have anything to do with Putin's decision to destroy Ukraine. Right. And um, as multinational corporations are pulling out of Russia, they still feel like they have a responsibility to their employees. Right. Then that you have sense. the oligarchs have yeah. been going to three places, basically Istanbul, Tel Aviv, and Dubai. Yeah. Those Israel's are the three behavior, places they can Israel's still go. Israel's behavior apparently. so far has not been uh, stellar. Well, that's where I'm heading tomorrow. Yeah. Have you seen any Israelis while you were yes, in the Emirates? Absolutely. A lot? A lot? In, in my hotel in Abu Dhabi. I could yeah. hear the sing song yeah. of Ivalit. And yeah. then I had. You heard the. You heard the. And then when I, we got here, I met up with one of the uh, econ development investment officers from the US, from the Emirati embassy in the US. He happened to be here. And he was very, very helpful to me on a couple of things. And so we had, he came over and hung out while I was eating lunch. And he was saying that, he's like, if you go over to the, like the Dubai mall, like you'll see tons of Israelis, right? Really? <laughs> yeah. And then dinner yeah. last night with a friend who teaches at NYU Abu Dhabi. And she's like, oh yeah, it's not just like, you know, your random like, you know, Yossi and whatever. He's, she's like, it's the Hasids. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She's like seriously in the malls. What you are see they like doing there? these families with peyote and like nine kids. I don't know. They guess they're shopping or something. Have you been to the mall? I, I have not. Not not on this trip. I haven't been to the. There's lots of malls here. I didn't. No. But previously on previous trips, I have gone skiing at the indoor ski place that they do. Uh, that's that was a blast. Some weird shit. It is. Are, weird are these? Is the Dubai Mall just like all of these like high end brands like? It, no, not not really. No, no, no. I mean, there and there's because there's different levels and stuff like that. Like the my hotel in Abu Dhabi, the mall that was attached to it was like 
crazy high end, uh-huh. including an Aston Martin dealer. Um, oh, wow. But the Dubai Mall, I think, is kind of a range of things. I wandered through it on a previous trip, and I don't, I don't remember it being like so crazily over the top. Do they have a Popeyes in the food court? There's Popeyes everywhere here, dude. Really? I once sent you a picture from the like gas station Popeyes. That's right. I also sent you a picture of the Popeyes from the Dahran Air, um, airport right, right. in Saudi yeah. Arabia. Yeah, but that's there. I mean, so yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Popeyes is very popular here. Very popular. And everywhere, as it should be. <laughs> There's I no Popeyes be... in Israel. I hate to disappoint you. Oh, man. Yeah, I've eaten so much yeah. here that like I don't even want anything. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't you even want to say that outside. now. Okay. I'm going to pretend that I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> I'm so mezzed and kebabbed out that no, when my buddy no. emailed, he's like, where do you want to have dinner tonight? I was like, anything but mezzed and kebab. Oh, we had like a really nice Italian meal. I'm never mezzed and kebabbed out. Never. Oh, dude. Five days, like lunch care. and dinner. I don't care. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. Breakfast, too. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the happenings here at the, in the UAA. So then, did you, um, did you hear who signed, uh, Carlos Correa? I did. I, I saw that he signed with someone other, with a team other than the New York Yankees. That is correct. Who did he sign with? The Braves? Well, I'll, t- I'll put it, I'll, I'll tell you this. The left side of this team's infield. Yeah. Will be Carlos Correa. Oh, right. The twins. And Gio Urshela. Yes, the twins. That's right. Yes. So essentially, Stephen, <laughs> the, the left side of the infield un- that you were hoping for the twins is playing unloaded, for the twins. The twins unloaded the contract of Josh Donaldson to free up salary space yeah. to sign Carlos Correa. Look, I. I and you know who they offloaded with, that contract to is the Yankees. I, I think you um, need to take this up with Brian Cashman. I mean, you're as close as I'm going to get to that. So, <laughs> well, you I can go. Just, you can you can take the subway up to the stadium and wait I outside could. and heckle. And, him. Although and, he must be I in could, Tampa. I could set myself on fire in front of the stadium and protest. <laughs> oh my god, don't do that. I mean, I think that would be a step too far. But, that would be. I mean, and, really. And then you know they re-signed the Yankees re-signed Rizzo this week. Yeah, I saw. Anthony the unvaccinated Anthony Rizzo? I, look, his vaccination status I'm not happy about, but I like him as a player, okay. and I think he's a good clubhouse guy. All right. And I'm not – this See, doesn't now, bother me. Now that, he's, now that he's a Yankee, if he was on another team and he was an unvaccinated guy, like, right. no, Hold on. Uh, yes and no, because let's not forget yeah. that one of our former favorite baseball players – Yeah. Is Paul O'Neill? I know, man. And know. we dropped him like a hot rock. Yeah, we did. But he wasn't playing. No, but still, <laughs> He's, our allegiance goes so far. Yeah, but not beyond that. So yes, if he were on another team and he was unvaccinated, I would be not happy. Right. And I'm not happy that he's unvaccinated and he's on my team. Right. But I feel like. The one, the person who he's hurting the most at this point is himself. Right. Okay. By being unvaccinated. Um, you know, it's the same thing as Kyrie Irving, right? Right. Kyrie is still unvaccinated. Yep. Uh, I don't dislike the Nets as much as some people do. So uh, okay. I think he's a moron. 
Right. Right. I think uh, Anthony Rizzo is probably a moron. I think <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like Aaron Judge is unvaccinated, which right. would make him a moron. A moron too. Right. Well, um, and this here's the problem with that. Other yeah. than all the other problems, is that we're going to have another wave of COVID over the summer? Apparently. Well, well that's it. I, I mean, they're talking about another wave, and honestly. I think we talked about this a little bit last week. The numbers in New York seem to be going up again. Yeah, I think they said that. But the, the case numbers are going up while hospitalization right. rates and death rates are going down. Which is the same thing with the original Omicron. Yes. Because so, we're in a different, we're obviously in a much different in, immune environment. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, we were. T- I was I was texting with my, my buddy John, who's a... D- pretty devoted AC listener. And I said, I read the article about the BA2 variant uh-huh. um, that was rising the exact, you know, number of cases are rising in Europe. Yeah. But you had to go, it wasn't until the fifth or sixth paragraph where they pointed out that hospitalizations and deaths remained low. Right. And what's pissing me off is that the Times insists on these kind of like sensational headlines and first four paragraphs talking about case numbers. That's, that's, that's not really the big story. The big story is in a radically changed immune environment, yeah. Yeah. people are contracting the virus, but they're not but, dropping They're not getting very sick. It. Right. Look, and you and I both know that whatever case numbers are being reported, the real number has got to be much higher than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, during the Omicron because surge over the winter, like I'm sure people were sick or, te- and or and didn't, didn't get tested didn't or they test were getting exactly. or they're getting tested. And it was coming back positive, and they're like, "Fuck that! I don't feel that bad." And going about their business on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah, uh, yeah. But if you do test positive, the mm-hmm. state, the city, and the state get those results. Right. So those numbers do get added to the to the total. So but meanwhile, if you're not tested, and right. then, or if you're just taking a, a home test, yeah. No, and if you test positive, you're just like, "Okay, I'm not doing anything because I'm not really that sick." And uh, right. those numbers don't go towards the uh, the overall number. So I think the point is that many, many people have gotten this, have gotten right. one variant or another. And right. many, many people have gotten their vaccinations and their booster, their boosters. And if you're going to get it now, unless you're unvaccinated, unboosted, and have other issues, you know, comorbidities, right. you're probably going to be okay. Right. Which so, is not to say everybody's going to be okay, but right. you know, overall, it's not going to require, I would hope that it's not going to require you know, cities to shut down again. Fuck no. We're going, back to, yeah. we're going back to the office, man. And like, we don't even need to yeah. like, wear a mask. If you, you can wear one if you want. Right. So right. let's but hope again, this People who wear it, you're like, what's wrong with you? Right? right. Like, why are you wearing that mask? Hey, what's and this, I think it's natural. Me- what, you just got back from Israel. I'm headed there tomorrow. What Remind me yeah. what the... Um, so, like, am I really going to have to quarantine after I go in? No. I think that they've gotten... I had to fill out a form today saying, like, I understood that I had to quarantine and, like, here's my phone if number. You do, and, like, it's, here's yeah, my, okay. you know, my here, blood Here's type the deal. And, yeah. Here's the deal. I think you'll have to... Um, at least when I went, which was a month ago, and I know that yeah. the rules have changed since then, so you may want to look at this before you go. Um, I had to take a test when I landed at the airport, but you have to. Uh, yes. Do you have to do that? Apparently, yeah, I think I do. Okay. I have to take. I have to show a certificate. Right. Twenty-four. Right. 
before I left, and then yeah. Upon and then landing. when you land, you take another test. But let me let you in on a little secret. Yeah. My friend. I took that test at the airport. Yeah. And they say you're supposed to quarantine for 24 hours or until you get the negative the result. Result. Yeah. Whichever is shorter. Um, yeah. I got my results relatively quickly. But I can tell you that there was no mechanism in place to track me. Yeah. They had a phone number, which you give them. But, right, right, right. You I know, as opposed to the early days of the pandemic there where they were texting and they were requiring you not to go, you know, outside of a 500 meter radius of your home. Right. There's nobody. There's nobody, there's nobody checking. Tracking you know. When you said, so when you, you said that the rules have changed, I was like, wait, I'll be able to eat bacon. Yeah. Well, you can always eat bacon. No, I know, but like, sure. re, like not illicitly eat bacon. Well, the, the kashrut rules have not changed, so no. I'm sorry. To, so it's I'm the COVID rules, not the kashrut rules. Yeah, and even if they, even if you wanted to, it's not that easy to find bacon in that country. You can find it, but it's not like it's going to be in your right. hotel. As no, opposed to when you go to Istanbul, and it is in your hotel. It's beef bacon in Istanbul. No, no. Yeah. Been, I've seen the pork. When was the last time you were there? Long time ago. Okay, so no, before no, no, no. under this, the under week. the AKP at yeah. least. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. like when we lived there in two thousand two thousand one, where did it? And that was pre AKP. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh bacon. no, I re- I remember. I remember um, the store where you could get it in in Ankara. No, I, I remember we stayed in the Conrad Hilton back in the day in in, in Istanbul? Istanbul. Yeah, and. The reason I remember this so vividly is because Michelle's brother-in-law, like when he when he and Michelle's sister went to Turkey, that was the first time he was introduced to bacon, and he became, as he said, very good friends with the bacon <laughs> in Turkey. And it was most certainly not beef. <laughs> is it, isn't he Israeli? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm telling you, once you have bacon, you can't you can't stay kosher. You, you can't just can't. Come back. Well, I mean, you once you have back. bacon, you're not kosher. So. Right? No, I know. But like, you can't be like, "Oops, I'll never do that again." You're like, "Damn, that tastes oh, good." Baby. It's that. like the Rumspringer. It's like you know the uh, the Amish when they have their like little period of like a year where they go off off the path and just like run amok. And they have a year long lost Amish weekend. Yeah, it's a long weekend. But um, look, there are, God, there are plenty of people who grew up secular and who became religious and who have forsaken and who have forsaken bacon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That's your next doc. Forsaken, forsaken bacon. bacon. Yeah. Fors- and it's going to be about people who, who had bacon, loved it, and never had it again. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. I'm sorry, and man. We'll That's do weird. This at like, yeah. We'll serve bacon at all of the screenings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people will love it. Oh my god, yeah. dude! So my my buddy who I had dinner with in Dubai, the big part of their business, they had like they have like a couple of hundred Ukrainian employees. Uh, oh really? Yeah. So they've gotten them. The majority of them either in are in three places: Budapest, Warsaw. Or Lviv. There's like uh-huh. a few who refuse to leave Kiev. 
and the rest are, and he was telling me these stories and like harrowing, harrowing stories of people and like employees whose, you know, parents are trapped someplace or you know, near the Russians and like, oh my God. This is like World War II. Like, yeah. You know, you hear all these cities and it's like conjuring up, <laughs> you know, images of, uh, of the Second World War. Dude, and like these pictures, I mean, of these cities in Ukraine that, that are completely they, the Russians level. have just destroyed them. Yeah. I, you catch me complaining about anything. You just got smacked me up. I mean, just telling me like Mariupol or however you pronounce yeah. that, that city. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. I thought it was pronounced Mario Kart. <laughs> or said something else. <laughs> I think that's something else. I mean, I don't know. Did you, by the way, did you see that article that I texted you earlier this week about APAC? I did. I read it. So they How endorsed, disgusted. How it was, disgusted. It was were so you? terrible. Liz Cheney so, criticized APAC for that. So for, for our listeners who may not have seen on this it. story. A few weeks ago, so APAC has started endorsing candidates. Which it hadn't right? done this before. Is, no, it had not done before. Now it's, you know, a, um, well, I guess it's, what do they call it? A political action committee, like a PAC? An yeah, actual... previously, previously it was the American Israel Political uh, Action, no, it was Public Affairs Committee. American Israel yeah. Public Affairs yeah. Committee. Right. And they had affiliated but, PACs. And APAC never explicitly endorsed any right. candidate. They would do like grades. Now, yes, did exactly. they change it? And so then I they would have to change did. their tax status too. I think they probably have because now okay. they want to start endorsing candidates. And they endorsed a bunch of candidates, including, I think, 37 of them. It's not just a bunch. Was it 37 or 27? It's 37. Yeah, it was a lot. 37. 37 candidates who were endorsed by APAC. Uh, right. Su- supported. Um, so APAC the, is a 501c4 organization. Is it now? So yeah. contributions are not deductible. 37. Okay. 37 Republicans who voted against certifying the election for right. Joe Biden. That's who And their APAC. argument was it's tough times and we got to get we have friends wherever they come from. So APAC's argument is essentially we are a single issue. issue. Well, they are group. Yep, that's great. and it doesn't matter, uh, and and nothing else matters. Like that is the most disingenuous argument it's totally I have ever heard. Up. These are Americans, so we right? Don't ca- yeah, we don't exactly. care that these people are authoritarians Anti- who wanted to over- overthrow a, an anti-democratically elected government, right? Nope, we don't care. So support for America's democracy is now optional <laughs> as far as APAC right. is concerned. Right, because that's, if, if it's that Israel... That's is not a non-starter. Because the only thing that matters is whether or not a candidate supports Israel. Right. That's fucked. It's APAC can fucked. get fucked. APAC can get fucked. I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again. Yeah. If you are a single-issue voter, and your single issue does not even reside in the United States of America, right? That is the definition of privilege. That your life is so good that the only thing that matters to you in it's all the electoral politics is the state some of other Israel? country. Yeah. Right. How good is the life you're living here? It's pretty good. 
pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I mean, look, if you're yeah, if there's you're nothing single illegal order, about anything that no, APAC does. It just it's, I'm not this, this is that. particularly, you know, there are things that you could in the past have quibbled with over what APAC has done and said, like, I oppose that. Right. I think that's fucked up, whatever. But yeah. this is like really crossing a line. I mean, they're they crossed the line. Thirty-seven people. Jim Jordan refused. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. One of the worst people, people in the country. In Congress. Right. Yeah. He's, he's not just a Congress. Trump enabler. He's like a. He's he's. I, I I can't. He didn't. He wasn't one of these Republicans who had to like swallow his principles to suck up to the. <laughs> no, he leader. has no. He principles. was there from the beginning. This was a guy I'm from sorry, the Freedom gonna... Caucus. I'm going to be crude and say the only thing that he's had to swallow. Oh, you can, snap. You know what? I can allow uh, don't, your don't imagination to I, take over. But I'm that's feeling... the only thing that he has had to swallow in this whole deal. Um, we might lose some listeners as a result of that. You know what? Goodbye. <laughs> Anybody... That was more than a microaggression. <laughs> no, that was a macroaggression. That was an, ag- an aggression. That was just aggression. This is plain old aggression. Anybody who wants to stop listening to the MN Corner as a result of what I just said, <laughs> goodbye. Dude, we, we have we. I mean, I just I don't want to count how many people we've offended just in forever. Regularly, regularly. Yes, but, but most of those people are our friends, right? Exactly. And even if they're slightly offended, they're like, "Oh, that's just Brad and Stephen being themselves." <laughs> true. Totally true. Right, like, and that especially goes for like members of our family who listen. Yeah. Like, oh, we know you're a douchebag, so thanks for reminding us that you're a douchebag. Right. You know, I and think yes, Maddie stopped listening. Anyway, go ahead. She did. I think so. That's too bad. She's busy. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But anyway, if okay, anybody so Jim decides said that, that that this was a bridge too far, bye. So Jim Jim Jordan. <laughs> yeah. And, and they. I, they and they and that some just all the crazies and the, uh, and the, the the letter from from Howard Core the president and the other guy or whatever was so weak yeah was it like, was weak weak it was beyond weak well here uh, and if ever for, there was I'm a time at the list I'm seriously at the list Marco Rubio senator yeah. um let's see. Steve Scalise, lovely. Steve Scalise, who once said, I'm David Duke without the baggage. Okay. Yeah. Um, Elise Stefanik. Oh, the worst. Horrible. Jim Jordan, our favorite. The worst. Um, I mean, all these people are in the pantheon of assholes. Yeah. Let's see. Tim Scott, senator. Yeah. Who's also not... That good. Uh, let's see. Dan Crenshaw, who's all oh, the guy with the eye patch. Yep, yep. Yep. The guy with the eye patch. Ronnie Jackson. Oh. Do you remember the former uh doctor? Yeah. yeah. The Trump doctor. Yeah, yeah, the Trump doctor. Yeah. God. Uh yeah, it's awful. Ronnie Jackson, who is like over prescribing like pills and like yeah. ambient and speed to what stand. In addition to bullshitting us six ways till Sunday about Trump's health, yeah, that guy. Yes, yes, that guy. Uh, so they're you know it's a rogues gallery, and they don't care. 
because the only thing that matters is do you support Israel or not? Right. Not do you support American democracy or not? <laughs> right. I would think that that would be sort of like the the bar has to be set a little bit higher. Right. Know? Nope. I mean, I guess not. Apparently not. I mean, I have heard like you know, people on the like very pro-Israel spectrum when you say like, you know, do, do you really think like the this alliance with the evangelicals is a good thing, um, given their views, yeah. given the fact that they really, what they're really they're doing is advocating. For the <laughs> yeah, so they're advocating maximalist Israeli policies yes, so to bring about to, the fires in the end, end of days. days. Yes. <laughs> and which, in which they believe if you don't join them, you, the Jews will burn in hell. I mean, come on. This is not. Uh, yeah. maybe, uh, well, we oh, can we, use, of course, it's all bullshit, yeah, we but need we can friends, friends wherever, wherever we, we get, get them. them. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was the Bibi Netanyahu argument. Like right. Bibi embraced the evangelicals because he understood, you know, that in electoral politics there are more evangelicals in the United States than there are Jews. Right. So the fact that he was willing to um, to tell American Jews to go pound sand, <laughs> but he would not tell that to uh, evangelical Christians, like that kind of tells me all I need to know about Bibi Netanyahu. Right. Not that I didn't know about him to begin with. Exactly. Anyway, I can hear you getting a little tired. Dude, it's uh, it's late here, man. It's late at night. It's late. I'm We've, eight uh, hours ahead of you. Yeah. I thought it was only seven. I no. guess we set our clocks uh, back. You, we we went forward, forward these days. So yeah. it was previously it was nine. Yeah. But it's, right. it's, a, it's tough going here. So um, you lose another hour or you gain an hour when you go to I'll Israel. gain two yeah. hours, won't I? Two hours. Okay. Oh, uh, great all right man and when are you back friday in time for shabbat just in time for the sabbath and then for the mn corner <laughs> absolutely all right well all right, safe man. travel all right Enjoy I'll, your I'll hear from me. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a most excellent visit in the <laughs> if i get in I, I, you'll be fine no, it's not the COVID stuff. But like the stamps on my passport. Oh, you'll be fine. You just show them where the memorial got you. <laughs> Dude, I played that game before. And I was like talking to the woman at Passport Control. I was totally flirting with her. I was mm. talking about my, you know, my Kita bet Hebrew. And she was laughing. I was like, oh, great. And then she hits the Iraqi visa. And she looks at me. She goes, you've been to Iraq? I said, yeah. like, what, you have it? You're like, you have it? <laughs> I was like, like with all the Israelis, you know? Yeah. And she goes, uh, no, follow me. Wait, wait here. Then I had to, no, I had to go and stand somewhere where they were, I'm, you know, waiting to I'm, interrogate I'm, all these poor Palestinian Americans. And of stand course, on one, touch your nose. I had a letter from the foreign ministry. They didn't give a shit. No, they don't care. Because they just no. wanted to, you know, flex a little bit on you. So they got I the called, power and you don't. I called two people and I was like, Mr. Sh- you got Mr. Call. I called Mr. Shmuel and Evan, and I don't know <laughs> which one was responsible for my getting sprung loose after about 15 yeah. minutes, but yeah, it's a good time. You'll be fine. I hope so. You'll be fine. And they'll ask you, uh, do you go to synagogue? Uh, sometimes. What's the name <laughs> of your synagogue? Yeah. That's the, that's the, the magic question. What's the name of your synagogue? And you just be ready to answer it. I, there's like six in my neighborhood, and I can totally. Yeah, I know. Just it. they don't know. I once was in Stockholm, and I was went to the synagogue there, and it wasn't an Israeli doing security. It was a young uh, Swedish woman, 
Yeah. And she's like, what's the name of your synagogue? I'm like, do you know a lot of synagogues in New York? She's like, no. I'm like, then it doesn't matter what I tell you. <laughs> Which I would not have said to an Israeli because right. I, I probably would have gotten punched in the head. No, they would have um, pulled out the list. Exactly. I, 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 I don't like, see it uh, on the list. Uh, are we sure you're Jewish? <laughs> anyway, so you'll be fine. And if not, uh, you can text me and I'll give you a phone number to call. All right. Sounds good, man. Spring me loose. All right, man. All right. Safe travels. Peace. We're out. We're out. Peace in the Middle East. <laughs>